0: A hey, business building warrior. I've got a guest on the show today that I think you're really going to enjoy. He has built a business that sells most recent full month was $140,000 at about 12 to 13%. Let me check my notes. 12 to 15% net margin typically. Not a bad gig. And he hasn't been doing it all that long either. He's, of course, using the Amazon replense system that you hear us talk about so much on this podcast. If you listen to Couple hundred episodes of this show. All the testimonial episodes, the most recent ones are people talking about 99% of them are talking about the Amazon replans system that we've got, I believe, as dialed in as it can be as a system to take you from knowing nothing up to having an awesome business. And today's guest is just another example of that. He's a dad with three young kids. His wife runs her own business, keeps a busy schedule, but he's able to be home and help with the house duties and squeeze this business into the cracks. He works about 20, sometimes as much as 30 hours a week, but he's in the process of even turning over those responsibilities to someone else. He's got a virtual assistant that helps him find profitable products. He's using a prep center that you've heard us talk about many times on this show, which is just someone that receives your inventory for you. Let's say you shop online and buy something. Well, instead of shipping it to your own house, you ship it to a prep center. They take it out of the box inspect it, make sure it is what you ordered, put a sticker on it, send it into Amazon for you. That's what a prep center does. He talks a little bit about that today. And he's built an incredible business, just looking for great replans online using creative strategies that he shares with us. And it's coming close to being a fully automated business. He didn't start until about 18 months ago. It never sold online. That's when he got started. And like I said, he's ramped up very quickly and he's doing a really good job of it. Looking over my notes here, one of the things he pointed out was that he had about four months where he was in kind of desperation mode right around the COVID because he thought maybe he was going to be losing his job and he really needed to make something happen quickly. So with about $10,000 of startup money, which is what he had, he dove into Amazon Replens, and he's built the business that he describes today, which again, 18 months later, put $140,000 in sales at 12 to 15% net margin. That's before he pays himself, of course, uh, into the bank, which is a beautiful business model. I think you'd agree. So if you want to hear yet another great story of a student using the Amazon Replen system to build a beautiful business model, you're going to hear it today. I really like how he describes the enjoyment that he gets. It's going to stand out to you as well from just being the dad that he really wanted to be home with his kids, flexible. They can go where they need to go when they want to go. His kids are younger, five and under, three kids, and they're just enjoying this season of life thanks to the business that he's built. So I'd love to introduce you to our guest today. His name is Grant Douglas, and you're going to learn a lot from the way he runs his business. Let's jump into the interview. So Grant, welcome to the program. Thank you so for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. I know a bit of it, but let's dive in, man.
1: Yeah. So I started Amazon e-commerce in January, 2021. I had a few coworkers that have done it a little bit, but had never never really thought it would be me that would take the dive in to that. But uh, it was around that time that I thought that I might have to find another source of employment. My income had always been the entire family income. So It was hey, what are some things that I can do to be at home with my kids to keep working from home? I've been working from home from with COVID, and that's when I started seeing uh, how it seemed like that Amazon could be could be that for me. So, so it started then. It's only been a year and a half, but I got lucky. I feel like that I had my employers allow me to give a five month notice, so I knew I had five months of income from my previous job. Was able to use that money to continually reinvest, reinvest, and uh, by, Let's see, about September. It was September of 2021. I was able to go full time. Amazon I was making about doing about fifty thousand a month in sales then, and since then, I'm I've doubled
0: and almost tripled that uh, to where I am am now. That's fantastic. And tell us a little bit about some of those early lessons and early decisions that you made. What inventory were you selling? How were you finding it? What model were you following? So the
1: replense model is without a doubt the the way that just the foundation, how it was like explained for me. And full disclosure, I didn't get. I didn't take the a course um, from you all in the beginning. I found the community later on as I was looking to connect with other people and find, um, other things. it was the podcast as I was searching for podcasts because my wife is a flower farmer, and I'm lots of times outside helping her harvest some things, and I'm always want to be listening to something for that. So, um, I found your community later on. but the way that the replense model was explained to me is, this, this is the same way that I've heard it explained many times. but but the way that that I look at it is, you know, someone told me like, Hey, what is your, what is your quit number? Like, what is the number that you need to make at Amazon in order to quit your job? Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just like, what's the number that you would like this to be as a side gig, right? You start off with that number. So for me, I knew to support my family, I had to make at least somewhere around like $50,000. So you start off with that and like, all right, divide it by 12. Um, That's how much you need to make per month. Like, okay, 4,000, 4,100. All right. And after that, they said, divide it by three. So let's just say on average, like it's a very, very broad brushstroke, but on average, uh, you sell a product for about $3 profit. You know, Some are a dollar profit, some are $20 profit, but on average, let's say it's $3 profit. So divide that 4,000 a month by three, we're at like 13, 1400. And they said, divide that number by 10. Let's assume that every single, you have every single listing you have uh, sells about 10 times per month, month right yeah so we're, I was left down with the number 140 that's how and many products you needed yeah so that's how many if I have 140 items on my replen spreadsheet then in this theoretical number of
0: everything added together I would be able to make fifty thousand a year plans no problem. And yeah. In profit. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. I like starting with that end goal in mind and breaking it down. I, I think sometimes you just plow forward, hoping for the biggest result we can get versus what is it I'm really shooting for here. Let's break it into, let's eat the elephant one bite at a time. I like that exercise. That was cool. And you could use any variation of that, but that's a neat illustration of how you can kind of go from the big number I need down to mm-hmm. how many actual products do I need to sell? Yeah, I think
1: it does make it so more attainable because if you think about it that way, like if you're just finding two products a day, then you can get your replense number to that amount in three months, you know, yeah, assuming that you there. can, yeah, assuming you can buy it like, I mean, it's a whole different ballgame of, you know, making sure you have the, the money for it and, uh, how, you're, how are you going to move it? Is it going to be able to move fast enough and, and things like that. But that was, it was literally me probably every couple of days go into my spreadsheet counting all right what, are, what am i at what am i at i'm at 100 okay i'm almost there what am i at and then by the time I, I had to leave my job in in august uh i was over 150 and so i was like okay theoretically i think i can support myself i think i'm okay and um since then it's just it's grown more but i even i look back a couple months ago and i'm selling about at three three to four dollars profit if you average per per ASIN that I sell. So that theoretical spreadsheet of averages still holds true for me today and is, yeah, and still works for me.
0: That's a cool illustration. Grant. How many ASINs do you have
1: now? Uh, I have 500 ones that I'm actively looking at. A few ones that I have on a sheet that I hold on to refer back to or sure. previously sold, but about five 500 right now.
0: Very good. That's awesome. So what strategies do you use to find these replens or early on? What strategy did you use and what are you using now? What do you like now? So early in one, I learned uh, tactical arbitrage. I do not use
1: that at all now. That was just a good starter for me. So I, the first time I ever went to the store, I went to Walmart. I was told like Walmart clearance is a good place to start I also like scanned some books, scanned some toys, even though I didn't realize I couldn't sell any toys at the time. And I walked out of there with three items after two hours. And I went back. I, I looked at uh, my keep a chart, and I didn't. I actually didn't think any of them were any good. I returned them all. I mean, my those two hours were filled with so much anxiety. I actually, my first time at the store, I got approached by a Walmart employee that was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And like, they, they didn't care after I told them, but I was like, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. They make me
0: nervous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, of course, the whole time I'm thinking nobody better, no one better see me, no one better talk to me. And then oh, someone yeah. walks up there. But, right. uh, and I know that happens. And it's really, it's really not, not a big deal. But for me, that was also the, like the last time I scanned in store. Um, and so I started doing online arbitrage after that and um, oh, you gave
0: up on it entirely oh yeah you i know, was i was done one time really <laughs> oh, I mean, i've i've gone back sad i mean i've gone back
1: two more times to like just kind of see if i could and like i didn't like it yeah uh-uh. sure it's not, yeah, I, I
0: sure, it's not you it's it. not your personality and just to be clear for the listeners we don't encourage people to to stay in the easter egg hunt mode is what i've come to call it last year or so where it's kind of like the yard sale mode it's like I'm going to go out on an adventure today and see if I can find some profitable stuff laying around, it, whether it be a yard sale or a Goodwill or a clearance Walmart, or just scanning barcodes, looking for stuff that's selling for less on the shelves than it is on Amazon. That's not the replens model. That's an Easter egg hunt. And it's fun for some people. Some people, it's like they can't imagine a worse way to spend the day. It's not necessary for the replens model replens isn't scanning barcodes as you well know, but this is me just kind of keeping uh, the listener up to speed. The replens is a completely different animal, but we do encourage a lot of people to start off, just get used to the process, sell something. It could be some books or something you have around the house or the clearance aisle at Walmart. But I love your story of, you know, just a random innocent Walmart employee comes up to you and you're done. Yeah, <laughs> I like, oh, no. I mean, there's,
1: There's pros and cons to doing things in-store. There's a lot of in-store deals I don't get because I don't do it and I don't have any shoppers doing it for me, but just the comfort level of me being I I was just, we don't have an office. So I was just sitting in my bed, nice comfortable with some pillows. Mm -hmm. And I started to learn how to source online, you know, first tactical arbitrage, but sometimes manual sourcing, just going to stores, sometimes, you know, storefront stocking, looking at other people's listings and just, several different ways. And I got to a point where I did hire a virtual assistant in June, 2021. So even while I was still part-time Amazon, I just, between my other job, I just didn't have any hours left. And she told me that she doesn't like tactical arbitrage. And I was like, well, that's fine. I don't, I guess it's okay. And so I gave her all the knowledge I know about how to source and she used her previous knowledge. And I don't, I don't know completely how she sources today, but I know she still finds products and and yeah. But we don't we don't use tactical arbitrage because it she doesn't like it, and um, and we don't do RA because
0: because I don't like it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, you're you're mentioning TA. We started doing some training just recently on that. We've been doing replens training in this community for coming up on I don't know four years, something like that, and just started using TA in the past couple months around here. Some of us, you know, so. Yeah it's certainly not a necessity. It has its absolutely has its uses. I'm much mm-hmm. more of a, when it comes to replense, I'm much more of an and, and, and guy versus an, or, or, or do I use this or do I use that? Or, or, right. or. no, you use it all. You do it all. Yes. You get a yeah. virtual assistant. Yes. You use technical arbitrage. Yes. You do retail arbitrage. Yes. You do all of, the, if it's making you money, you do it. Uh, but yeah. people definitely have their preferences and their specialties and they get really good in their niche area. Uh, so I certainly can appreciate that. But uh, so you're, let's talk through your virtual assistant for a moment. What are you paying this VA? What's the arrangement there? How many replans are they finding? Is it a Filipino by any chance? Yeah. Yes, I didn't hire him through you all, but yes, I, she is a Filipino. Beautiful. Yeah, because well, it sounds like when you got your virtual assistant, you trained them yourself. And we, of course, you allude to the service. We have proven replans, VA. I'll stick a link in the show notes where we can train them for you. But you have absolutely always have the option of taking the content and courses whatever it is, how have you learned replans and hire someone in the Philippines for what do you pay your VA for an hour approximately, I'm guessing? Yeah. So she started off, I don't know what it was per hour, probably around four. She started
1: off $500 a month and working 40 hours a week. So it's probably wow. right in there. But with her, I've, she's gotten a $50 raise every three months. And so, I mean, my big thing is I just want her to stay. And because I mean, you know, they make that money back, you know, times, times five times 10, depending on the week. And so I'm not, I'm not concerned if I have to keep paying her more because I, I don't want her to leave. I don't want to have to retrain somebody. I don't want to, to then have a virtual assistant that, that maybe doesn't, doesn't know how to source nearly as well as, as she does. And I mean, there's even at the rate that I pay her, her now, I mean, I think it's, it's probably between five and $6 an hour. I mean, we're still less than minimum wage in the United States, but she, in particular, she supports both her and her mom and her siblings. Sure. So, yeah. and that's how it is. Like that's how it is for a lot of these um, virtual assistants. Is they're um, they're supporting a lot of people, and so I don't I don't, don't mind paying them them more. And we have a good relationship, and I trust her. I think when I hired her, that was. One of the big reasons I hired her was like, hey, I I trust you. Yeah. And uh definitely took some extra training. Any anytime a virtual assistant says they've taken some class or some course, like there were still a lot of gaps that I had to fill in of course that she didn't know. And I I don't want to go through that process again. So um so that's that's worked for me to keep her around is just, just keep keep giving her raises, keep making sure she's hitting the numbers and 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 we're both both happy about
0: it. Yeah, it that, that sounds like a fantastic arrangement. And, and for listeners who are new to this subject, maybe you're a little confused. You've got someone contributing to your business for five or $6 an hour, what? Well, in the Philippines, one US dollar per hour is the average worker that most people earn. So you start talking about paying five times the average hourly earner, and that's a pretty good opportunity. And they're gonna take yeah. that job very seriously and they can do some special things without money. That's what makes that relationship between those of us who have US dollars and Filipino workers so special and uh, they, they speak English well, they're technically savvy. You know they're on the mm-hmm. island where every little storm that blows through takes out their internet for two or three days. But you know if you can live with that challenge, it's just a phenomenal arrangement that, that many people in our community are taking advantage of. And again, at provenreplinsva.com, you can get one of our trained VAs or look at any of the numerous virtual assistant training or hosting pages and find someone and train them yourself. Uh, but you will run into some potential challenges to win that route. But again, it's just a matter of preference. But it sounds like you did a great job, Grant, training yours and build a great relationship. How many replans per week or per month? How do you kind of break it down? There, You're paying a monthly. I want to say, is it is it female? Most of them are. Yeah, she is. It's
1: evolved over time. I mean, she used to do everything for me. There's some data entry she has to do for when I send stuff to a prep center and and some other just those small tasks. But I mean, the, my goals for them to find and dollar amount that that I like them to find is probably a lot lower than other people, but we have two spreadsheets. One is $4 or more. And we've talked about ROI, like, but if you find me one that's $4 or more, uh, I at least want to see it. Um, yeah, net profit on that. So, I mean, but she's that doesn't mean that she's finding me a $100 item that only makes me $4 profit. It's, there's... That's not what it is. But we have a spreadsheet that's just $4 or more. And then we also have a spreadsheet that's zero to $3. And and so she's in a week, she's found altogether as many as 200. You know, in some weeks, finds altogether just 50 to 100. But I like to see see anything because there's sometimes that, you know, there's a... Like the way I look at it is, is that I think that if she sends me a lead one time, she's probably never going to send me it again because she's going to see it again and realize, oh, I already sent that to him. Well, if that one time she sees a lead, uh, it's maybe at just $1 profit. Well, maybe the price just tanks. Maybe it's actually a really, really good replen that has been selling for a year. Great nonstop. And she just happened to look at it right as it got on a leads list and 60 people went on the listing. And so, so there's a lot of... So on that spreadsheet, she knows that like, hey, if there's an item that looks like a great item in every single way, except for like profit the past month, she throws that on there too. And so, um, so I get to see a lot of that list, right? Wait for those to make a comeback perhaps. Right. Yeah. So lots of times I don't look at that list for another month or two, or if, if life just happens and I'm really busy, that, that spreadsheet gets untouched by me for maybe two or three months. And then, uh, then when I get caught up or when I'm I'm looking for some more asins. I'll pull out that spreadsheet and and I, I buy from it quite a bit, and so that uh, that works for her. I think it makes her feel better when she maybe she can't find a, any of those five dollar profit ones, but she found me a hundred on this other spreadsheet. Then we're both
0: happy. Yeah, so she's actually you know getting some work done, putting some numbers on paper, feeling like she's contributing, even though those are asins that you're just kind of in your back pocket, keeping an eye on. So you actually go through and filter through. And make the final buying decisions then?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really big on limiting your time as much as you can, doing things as fast as you can. If you can save five seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. So really I've handed off basically every role except for purchasing now. All I do is is I have the store link on my um, spreadsheet and I'm just clicking and buying. And so, yeah, so that means I am doing the final say of sourcing, I guess, on top of that, of Making sure it's is profitable, but it's convenient for me on a spreadsheet exactly how my other spreadsheets are, and and it doesn't t- it doesn't take me too long to figure out if it if it is going to be something I want to test out. I still just test out five, regardless of how beautiful it looks or regardless of um, how much profit there is. And I honestly, I make a lot of mistakes on my test size too. I I don't know what it is about about that of me being a, an ounce or two off sometimes, and um, or maybe it's the wrong color, and but I. I still make mistakes probably one out of every 10 or 20 times on something I send in.
0: And so I don't, I don't want to, to buy a bunch right away anyway. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It's interesting to me that that that's the piece that you've identified as the one piece that you feel like you're better off keeping yourself. So how many hours a week are you putting in on that? Would you say Mm -hmm. on the business overall?
1: Yeah. I shoot to just do 20. I make sure it never goes over 30. I'm really big on uh, being with my kids and being with my family more. You know, my, my wife was amazing for five years. She, she didn't work. She just focused on, on our kids. And when when we went through COVID and, and, I, and I was home and everything, it was, we both got stir crazy, but it was very clear for her. She's like, I, I, I need to start working again. And so I was happy with that because I, I wanted to continue to stay home with my kids more, which is why, you know the the model of well, we haven't talked about prep center yet, but the model of me ordering it from home online before the kids wake up and after they go to bed, and um, me sending it to a prep center for them to prep it for me, um, and me having flexible hours of when it's so. It's summertime. She's a farmer florist, so she's very busy right now. Um, and so if, if it's a week that I can't get in a ton of buys, it's okay. Everything is sent to Amazon. I don't merchant fulfill anything. So I can, in peak times, I if I need to work 30 hours for a certain week, maybe she has nothing going on, then then I can. But if it's a, um, I mean, this week she has a farmer's market Wednesday, a farmer's market Saturday, has to drive to a couple stores to plus harvest everything and plant some new seeds. So this week I won't work 30 hours. I'll work somewhere between 10 to 20. And that variability and that flexibility is is just is just so great for me. Not just as not having to get burnt out, but also just getting to hang out with my kids um, a whole lot.
0: Yeah, well done, Dad. Good job, man. And I I started being able to do exactly what you're doing when my kids were about the age of your kids. We haven't shared with a listener yet, but you and I spoke, and you've got some younger kids. Your oldest, you said, was five or six. Your oldest five, yeah, five, three, and one. Yeah, so I I remember I was here for that phase and had that same flexible, like, hey, yeah, I'm here. I I can, you know, suddenly the the weather's good today. Plans change, awesome. You know, suddenly you need a couple of days to go do what you, what it is you want to do. You know, my wife Andrea, yeah, go do it. Just being able to do life together that way with that flexibility, and your kids are going to benefit. You maybe, I'm sure you're seeing some of the benefits already, but. Now, you know, my oldest percent. Yeah.
1: Dad's being yeah. home. Oh, it's um, I mean, it's so good for their development. It's so good for, it's so good for the, for mom too. I mean, raising, so there's been weeks that, I mean, it's been basically me watching them by myself for those times. If it's, if it's peak harvest time, like this past Friday, Saturday, uh, she was harvesting on Friday, had her market all day Saturday and had something else going on. So it was, they were with me the whole time and. It made me grow such an appreciation for her for like, you know, when I got to leave home and go and work a a 50 hour office job, realizing that, oh, my goodness, you did that five days a week, nine hours a day. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. You know what it did to
0: me is I have this admiration. I call them superhumans, the Mm -hmm. single moms that do that and run an Amazon business successfully. I'm like, they are heroes. We got a good number of them in our community. Like, I, how do you do that? Because you know the the two parent thing is ideal, obviously, because for the reasons you're describing and many more. It's I don't know how the the and we've got a handful of single dads too. There's there's several more single moms with dads, but it just amazes me how a single parent could pull that off. Okay, so you're describing it beautifully, and I always like to say, especially Grant, when I'm kind of just basking in the the liberty of the flexibility that we have, that I say to the other parents out there who don't have it yet, well done. I mean, you're doing what it takes to provide for your family. Maybe you do have to drive three hours to a job you hate and you barely see your family, but that's the season you're in. Hey, keep up the great work. We support you. We're encouraging you that if life affords you the opportunity, we've got some things you could start to slip into the cracks of your life and possibly start to drift towards what Grant and I enjoy, which is this flexible e-commerce lifestyle, but not everyone's there yet. It, but you're doing a great job. Keep on plowing ahead. You know, being a parent is no joke. Even if you've got a flexible, I'm just <laughs> great. And I both could share stories, I'm sure, of like the days everything just goes wrong, man. It happens to all parents, right? right? We're not living in a dream world over here. Uh, but man, that flexibility sure does make a lot of the, the little things that come along a lot easier. Those little surprises, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: that was my. I, I think my concern of having something like Amazon because um, I was in um, I was in ministry for five years, and and before that, I even had a lot of really cool jobs. I had uh, I went overseas and I helped open up a couple restaurants overseas, and I worked with refugees and immigrants. But I'm originally from Louisville, and there's a huge international population there. And I mean, I had some really really good jobs, and and I was really concerned. Like, in my like am I going to be okay sitting behind my computer for, for this many hours a week and, you know, not seeing as many faces and, and that, but, you know, even with having those really good jobs and and jobs that I enjoyed for me personally, it just, it pales in comparison to, to being at home and having that flexibility. And when we want, and when my kids want to go somewhere, go to an amusement park. And if you want to go to Disney world, that it's like, my wife and I both are self-employed, and so we can structure our life exactly how we want and do the things that we want. And just that ability there—that it's helped me change my perspective of you don't necessarily have to get your meaning and your fulfillment out of work. I don't think work is necessarily meant for that. Even even the people you know playing basketball for a living, making millions of dollars—I bet they'll tell you that that work that basketball feels like work, and it's not not funds and games time. And so. So Amazon's the same way. Like it's sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes I go into my office for thirty minutes. I walk out and I tell my wife, like, I'm just not feeling it today. like i'll I'll come back and I'll order some more tomorrow. But what we get out of that, being able to to live our life a different way um, as a result of the flexibility of amazon and 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 what fba and and prep centers can do, I mean, that that'll that makes it worth it.
0: Hey, quick interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to make sure you know about The Proven Conference coming up August 12th through 14th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. Join hundreds of your fellow business building warriors, the same people who listen to this podcast, the successful students you've heard interviewed, the coaches on our team. There's over 60 of them. We're all going to go hundreds of us to Louisville, Kentucky, August 12th through 14th. We want you there. Come hang out be a part of this incredible community. We've done this several times in the past. It gets better every single time. It's unlike any other conference you've ever been to because the stage and all the breakout sessions are comprised of the great leaders and students from our own community. We don't bring in outside experts that you could go watch on YouTube anytime you want. Now we are putting on stage the people that you love to meet face-to-face. It's an event unlike any you've ever attended. It will change your life. August 12th through 14th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. See theprovenconference.com for details, theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get back to the program.
1: Out of that, being able to, to live our life a different way as a result of the flexibility of Amazon and and, and what FBA and, and prep centers can do, I mean, that 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 makes it worth it.
0: Yes. So... It- so much does. It kind of reminds me of the advice I heard one time, for some reason, as I was hearing you describe it, uh, that it's not always a, you know, life's not always a bowl of cherries. Even if you've got this beautiful, flexible Amazon business, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of inconvenience. But I remember someone saying, you know, if if you've got a successful business and you see your kids getting to the age where they're maybe going to step into that business, you're very Mm -hmm. smart to make them go work for someone else first, make them go get an appreciation for... How the real world works, you know. I did fast food for several years. I was raised on a farm. I I worked a good handful. I won't go with the list of like there's this dirty, nasty here in Indiana. I think the, the worst job I ever had was detasseling corn, which if you don't know what that is, Google it. But that's yeah. brutal. Just brutal. And uh so now I have it, I have a very much in appreciation, but that's the great one of the greatest gifts you can give your kids is to have an appreciation for how hard. Most people work to get a few dollars. So then you have this opportunity like we have, and you can really appreciate the flexibility. So you've had a few jobs that you just kind of had to plow through. It's hard to really appreciate that flexibility that this right. lifestyle affords. And the Amazon opportunity, specifically the Replens opportunity, what a blessing it is. I'm just for my own curiosity, what type of ministry did you do? You mentioned that I was raised in a pastor's home and I consider my job a ministry. Now I'm, I mentioned it all the time. Right. On this podcast. I mean, this is, this is kingdom work from my vantage point, whether people receive it that way or not, it's up to them, but that's how I view it. But tell me about the ministry work you did. Yeah. I was a children's pastor. And so when, um,
1: when we moved to, uh, to Southwest Louisville to work with the refugees and immigrants, we changed churches we were going to. And, um, I started just serving at that church and eventually they asked me if I wanted to, Hey, we got a job opening. You want to do that? And I was like, huh, maybe I guess so. And so I did that all together for, um, for five years. And, uh, we moved here to Cincinnati three years ago now. So I worked at a smaller church there and, and yeah, so I, you know, on that tugging on my strings while I was working with, you know, children for 50 hours a week, or at least like writing curriculum and and seeing them on Sunday and pouring into all these kids. It made me when I got towards the end of it, and we started talking about maybe there's another step for us after this, and maybe it is Amazon, you know, it, one thing we kept talking about was, you know, maybe it's time to pour my own kids a little bit extra now and have those hours to do that. And so it was a, you know, it was a, it was a, those were great jobs while I had them. I enjoyed ministry. It was, it was
0: great work, but yeah, it's a different group of kids and I'm loving on. Um, yeah. More than hours now. Life has its seasons. Oh, my wife, Andrea, and I say all mm-hmm. the time that I, our mission field is our own home, our kids, right? That's our first responsibility. <laughs> right. And then after that, you know, the ripple effects go out. We're doing the important things first around here. So mm-hmm. that's great. I love the story, digging a little behind the scenes uh, with a guest like this. So We've talked about your business. Let's let's get a little bit more specific on the numbers. I'd like to hear how things are going these days. Like, what's your goal for 2022? We're about halfway through, but give us some specific numbers: your net profits, net profit margin, that sort of thing. How's it looking? I did uh, 140,000
1: in June of 2022, um, last month, and net profit is still between 12 to 15 percent. It all depends on how people calculate that. Uh, That's pre taxes. That's pre my cash back that I get from rewards, things like that. But normally it falls kind of, kind of within that.
0: Um, Is that pre-paying you know, so, yourself too, I'd assume? Yeah. That's pre-paying yeah. myself also. Right. Right. So, right. But still, that, that's not bad, man. <laughs> that's not a bad gig.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, being in ministry, I mean, we never, we never made, made any money and had um, the potential to put, I mean, we never put money into retirement. Maybe we could have, but honestly with what we just couldn't, we couldn't afford it. And so, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm happy with what I have now. I've, I've honestly, I tried to like level out once I hit a hundred thousand, um, because we just said, Hey, I need to work more hours. Like this is good. But when the business is kind of business is set up in a way to grow, because I have someone that's finding leads for me, I'm not finding leads myself. And, you know, those, those ASINs that I tested out five times, well, Amazon tells me they might sell a hundred times. So I'm going to go ahead and just send them in more. And so it's just naturally over time, even though we lose an a or two every now and then, and the business is growing without me even trying it, trying for it to grow. I just have to, have to spend a little bit more, takes a little bit more time to buy some things, but yeah.
0: yeah. Have you heard the biblical Hebrew concept of trying to hold your business at a steady state? Have you ever heard me talk about that before? Uh, I might be familiar with it. Meaning that if you hold it steady, it's going to shrink. Yeah. It's, you you're, you're basically, you've made the decision to kill it eventually. If you decide you're going to try to hold it steady, you you have to be in growth mode. In other words, so yeah, you you want to be in constant growth mode. Not necessarily that you're the one that's constantly having to do more work, but that just forces you to think, okay, who else could be doing what I'm doing right now? Could I train someone to take over this responsibility? Could I begin to see this as an asset that is, you know, self-propagating and growing on its own while I do other things? But you still want it to be growing. Because so if it's not growing, it's dying. There's no such thing as steady right, state. Steady Health, time. relationships, business, there's no such thing. Right. Like that but it's my chance to hop on my soapbox for a minute there and just encourage you. Yeah, yeah growth is the, the right path. One hundred percent I
1: think it was from you that made me realize that. And I could see that because if I if I say I'm not going to find any more products, like I mean, I lose products, not even just by prices tanking, but Amazon sometimes tell me you can't sell that anymore. And then, um, so eventually it would, it would go down. So
0: yeah, if you're trying to do just enough to keep your nose above water and keep that same level of a hundred thousand sales a month, if you're trying to do that though, that's, that's equivalent of giving into the whole steady state argument. You don't want to do that. You want to be saying, okay, next quarter, how can we be bigger? How can Mm -hmm. we improve, serve more people, right? With through what we do, that's the path you, uh, you have to always be on. So that's what stewardship is, right? I won't hop on that soapbox, but awesome, man. Those are beautiful yeah, yeah. numbers. So is it just, you're a one-man show with, you, you, let's let's break your model down a little bit. You're, you've got a virtual assistant finding you up to hundred plus ASINs a month. You're buying the stuff. that's going to a prep center we mentioned. And that's all the moving pieces. Are there any other people involved here? Any neighbors or friends or is that it? I mean that that's it. I do have
1: another VA that just does ten hours a week. So she took over any data entry kind of stuff that I that I have, so that my other VA could. At some at one point, I was having her do ten different tasks, and she was starting to like. I, I could tell it was like do this on this day, this on this day, do this on these days, and I, I was like, well. you know what? Let me just let me just give you only um, sourcing, and mm-hmm. and so she works forty hours a week. My other VA works ten hours a week. And then it's just me. Um, my wife is busy doing her flower stuff. I've offered like, hey, if you ever want to something, you can. She's like, no, I'm good. Like what I do outside. And so, yeah, it's that's what's so great about the online arbitrage to prep center model is, um, I mean, it works the same way with RA. You could pay shoppers and pay preppers and and similarly have it scalable. But there's even less pieces where it's, it's just me buying. It's just my prep center prepping. And it's just my virtual assistants doing those other tasks so I can have more time to to
0: buy more. Yeah, beautiful. And you actually just illustrated another great principle of specialization, which is another Hebrew biblical principle. You're better off, given the option between having one super competent person who's really good at, say, five things and really good at them, doing all five, you're better off having five people who are a little less talented specializing in those five areas because they will very quickly surpass the multi-talented guy. You're better to be really good at one thing, especially when you're growing a business, break it out. And and the the other thing that protects you from is, you know, someone gets sick, they're out, they're gone, they quit. (laughs) They're not taking 18 different tasks with them. They're taking one thing that has to be replaced. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well and that's, done. that's honestly why that's why I hired my other
1: virtual assistant is if something happens, if either of my VA quits, then it's not me that just on a dime I have to start taking over their hours. The my other VA that's been great with data entry for six months now, maybe I'll just train her on Replens um, yeah. after that. And if my if my data entry person quits, well, my other VA does know how to do those exact same tasks, and so it doesn't take away from my business, and it gives me.
0: A little cushion. Yeah, yeah, well done. You've got got a beautiful model here. Well, one thing I think I'm trying to listen to this episode from the ears of a listening guest right now who might be saying, okay, good for you. You're finding a bunch of stuff. I need to find a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm your friend from high school and I just bought you lunch and you're going to tell me in two minutes... (laughs) <laughs> give me a shove in the right direction. I don't want your list of ASINs. Obviously, no one wants to just, you know, like, hey, go buy, go to this store and buy this item. Like, that doesn't do anybody any good. But in general, how are you finding what categories you in? You know, give me a shove in the right direction. Yeah, well, and let me first also say, like,
1: I mean, with doing the numbers that I am now, like, I did scale fast. And so just being careful to compare without all things equal. One of the reasons that I scaled fast was, one because i had to because i was i had a 4 month notice and i i had to dive in and do that someone that's doing this part time on the side testing out it's not going to be the same and also i think it's worth saying that early on this i started in 2021 right when they were giving covid relief funds and so i used that for my initial investments i think the first go around was about $4,000 we got from COVID relief. And the next one was 6,000 that we got. And so those first six months, like I was able to invest 10,000 because I was handed the money and this was working well. And it was like, well, what, what better way to use this than to hopefully, you know, double that or, uh, and continue to reinvest. So, so well, first I think it's important. Like if you're, if you are picking this up, with no extra money in the bank, it would be very hard to scale that fast. Yes. So with that being said, you know, I apart from that, all I've used is zero percent interest credit cards. I pay them off every single month, and for those cards, um, there's many that you can get that it's zero percent interest for 12 months. So even if I think there's altogether there was one month I couldn't pay it off by the due date, but I I could had six more months to pay it off if I needed to, and and so that's like before even talking about buying or how to buy, like just make sure that, you know, there are some differences with, with that and, and funds people have available, but there's, there's ways to get around that too. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you want to do it the hard way, then you can watch YouTube videos for a hundred thousand hours and you'll probably get a good competency level. For me, I tried that. I tried the free YouTube videos. I tried the free podcasts some stuff still didn't line up for me until I took a class. And so whether
0: that be proven $40 a month, $30 a month, whatever it is now, class. Reven Amazon course. Yeah, we're at 30 right now. That's due to go up. Yeah. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, but it's right yeah. around in the ballpark.
1: Yeah, or whether that's the OA simplified class because that's, that's essentially what my business model is with that. That's also not, not too much more than that. That's how you streamline it. And so I honestly, I can't speak for someone that never took any classes and only took YouTube because I tried that. And honestly, I was confused. It wasn't until someone broke it down for me that that I understood. And then I realized, hey, there is a way to go on Amazon and you can just search things that you know are replenishable things that you replenish around the house, like Kleenexes, like toilet paper, or like this food that I buy every single week, um, this canned good. Though, uh, you can manually do things like that. And Sometimes they do that. Um, there's ways that you can go and you can search for uh, people's storefronts and you can see what else other people are selling. You can go and um, Keepa has a ton of of advanced tools that there was a time that I that I did use a lot on that. But really, even even with that, like it sounds really easy, but until you know exactly what you're looking for, until you know how exactly to look at Keepa, you know, now I can look at a Keepa chart in two seconds and I can know whether this is something that I want to buy, or this is something I want to save for later. Right. I would say early on, because there's so many moving parts to keep up. And there's so many things to look at of sales rank and price and competitors and interviews. And, and, um, I just simply was very overwhelmed. And so, um, for a class that's just $30 or whatever it ends up being that helped me. And and honestly, my, my time is money and, I just talked about how many hours, I mean, it wasn't hundred thousand hours on YouTube, but I guarantee I listened to 10 hours worth of content and still didn't fully understand it from the free content that was out there. And so it's a good start. It's in the free content, like this podcast I've listened to, to be able to source better how I do my PPC, my pay per click is based off of this podcast. I've never heard it. The advice that I've gotten here. And it's great. And it supplements a lot of my knowledge and my gaining. But if I'm being honest, I had to get direction
0: and it really helped simplify things for me. Yeah. And just as a general rule, you're so much better off in life to find somebody who really knows what they're doing and get their advice versus figuring it out on your own because you're determined not to spend any money to learn a new thing. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's the equivalent of the person who will drive three hours to save 20 cents a gallon on filling up their gas tank. Like oh, yeah. you know, you're, You haven't done the math on how valuable your time is. And on top of that, how valuable the relationships are working with somebody who's knowledgeable and ahead of you in life, in many other areas. One of the most mm-hmm. valuable things you can do in any business, you're crazy not to, is to establish a good relationship with someone who's been doing accounting for small businesses for, say, 25 years or more. It doesn't matter what kind of small businesses they've been working. It doesn't have to be e-commerce businesses even. But the instincts and knowledge that person is going to have on what works and what doesn't, their ability to take all the emotion out of your numbers and say, hey, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Right? That's invaluable. But some people insist on doing their own taxes. No, I don't need to pay an accountant. It's just you're missing out. So that's the same argument you're making here yeah, you can go to YouTube and drift around and get this 80% accurate information that's tainted with 20% outdated slash dangerous advice. Or you can just go to a group that's producing consistent results and pay a few dollars to work with someone who knows what they're doing. And it's a tremendous investment. And I would put our community out there for, your, for the consideration of the listeners as one. Great, yeah. you know, it's the only podcast I'm seeing that's getting two or three incredible success testimonial podcasts every single week from students following the course we teach. So I'm proud of it, but we're not the only ones teaching this stuff, but you hook up with somebody who's producing results for their students, you, you will not regret it. So I, I deeply value and appreciate that advice. I would say that the, that having that Facebook community and
1: being able to ask any question, uh, whatever it may be. And typically, typically somebody is going to answer and it's yeah. those things that if you're on your own, you're watching an hour YouTube video to answer your question that maybe didn't even answer a question as opposed to just posting and someone answers it right after that. So even, even that alone, maybe you're like, I'm not, I'm not about to pay for a course. Well, how
0: about to freely ask questions on a forum from people that know how to, how to sell. By the time this episode releases, I imagine we'll be over the 70,000 member mark in our free Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com. That's what Grant's talking about. And, Yeah, a lot of really smart people helping each other out all the day every day in there. And that's just one of the benefits, you know, I'm very proud of. I think we've got about 13, 1400 tagged success posts. That's probably how I Mm -hmm. came across inviting you or someone did to this podcast was you probably posted something that was encouraging. And that's typically how we reach out and say, hey, that's a great post. Thanks. And we start a conversation about bringing on a podcast guest. But uh, is that what happened with you? Just help me remember. We messaged on Facebook a little bit.
1: I had a, a question about kind of something else and getting involved and gotcha. um, made message back and
0: forth. But. Okay, okay. I apologize because I I'm doing, I do several episodes a week. So <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. those conversations run together and I'm not sure where, where it was I initially met someone. But I've really enjoyed your story, Grant. You've shared a lot of very valuable tips and information and strategies. And I think one of the things I, a listener hopefully takes away from this is there's not one right way to do this business. Pretty much any way you've ever heard us talk about replins could be a potentially right way to do the business, but it, it, it beautifully fits into the cracks of life for just about anybody. And you're just more evidence of that. And you've built an incredibly robust business. So you just had a most recent month, 140,000 at 12 to 15% net. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Not many people get to talk about a business like that, that they're doing with complete flexibility and you know about as minimal stress as you can imagine running a business. So well done. Is there anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to talk about? We we flew through your story today, and and, uh, I think we hit a lot of good good points. But I don't know if you had a list of anything else you wanted to share. If not, it's been a great episode. Mm -hmm. I think think that's about it. I mean, dads, if you're out there, if if you're working a lot, that's
1: awesome. If you're working a lot and if you don't have to, you can hang with your kids a little bit more. You know, I, I love that something with Amazon, if that's what you're doing, that you can even the the way to grow it faster and better is to hand off more things. Um, specializing like you talked about having someone else that is finding products for you. My plan is to hire my sister on in the next couple of months to help me with buying because it finally has reached a threshold of some weeks I buy, I have to spend more hours than I want to. And so then I'm handing off things for her. Um, I'm still, able, and it frees me up for more time to do other things. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about dipping into wholesale. I haven't um, touched that? Touched that yet? But I reached out to King Dang, who was on one of your podcasts, and yeah, he's great. been he's been encouraging. and And so I might do that. Well, I don't have time to do that unless I hand this other thing off. But I do know that, like the, the amazing thing is that as I've scaled and as I've grown, I'm actually working less hours than I was in the beginning. Early on, when I was prepping everything myself and sending it in, I mean, I had a ten hour prep day of of shipments on my kitchen table. I mean, it was, it was not fun, but if you can scale things back and work less, you actually will be able to grow your business more um, and you'll be able to be with your kids and your family more. So if if you're working hard because you have to, because you're putting food on the table and and, and your family needs every ounce of money you're, you're working, that's, that's great. Um, But if you can, bless you, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you can, if you can scale that back and you can spend some more time with your family, I mean, it's, it's so rewarding and it's, it's worth it.
0: I think it's Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad guy that I appreciate a lot of his content. And I think it was him that I heard talking about escaping the rat race. That's his concept of, you know, kind of getting out of the trading dollars for hours, trading dollars for hours into that different fresh air arena of growing assets and accumulating wealth. And the one of the things he says about that, once you've escaped the rat race is the less you work, the more money you make. Because mm-hmm. again, like you just said, you're, you're putting other people in charge of these processes. And the way I think about this is I'm constantly asking myself, am I the only person that could be doing what I'm doing right now? Assuming I've built a profitable process, I begin asking myself that question. Who else could be doing what I'm doing right now? If you well, bring I them in add Here's my theory. Three months within putting your sister in charge, she'll be better at this than you ever were. Because <laughs> that's all she does.
1: So I think that's going to happen because I can say without a doubt, my VA s- source is better than me. Mm-hmm. My prep center preps better than me. I know that because they catch my mistakes all the time. Yeah. Law um, of specialization. Yeah. And and so I have no doubt that my sister is going to be able to buy better than me
0: um, or buy faster than me or whatever so it may be. Here's a question. See if this is great. See if I can stump the guests. So Grant. And this this is me brainstorming. I can't say I know exactly the right answer to this question. I'm curious how you'll answer it, though. At the point that you've handed it off to your sister, what is your role? What is, she's doing the buying, and she's, she's basically taken over all the aspects that you were. What are the roles that you now have in your business? That you perceive it. That, that, you know, right now, if you brainstorm forward a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that it would it would be
1: wholesale, and hopefully, taught me having the time. I mean, I don't have I don't have time to search for suppliers and to open up accounts right now, I would probably have a virtual assistant do that part of it as well. But it does get to a certain point of, you know, I do still like to look at the new products before you send anything in. She'd be the one buying them, but I would still look at those. And there's actually, it does get to a certain point too, where um, like I do have someone that manages my IP complaints too, Mm -hmm. but then there's other small little things like those, pricing errors that happen that you have to manually fix. I have to enter my uh, enter my maxes and mins. Like there's a whole bunch of little tiny things that add up to more hours than you think. And so it would be probably that plus a little wholesale. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know right now. I don't think it would be 30 hours, but the good thing is I don't want it to be if it becomes 15 hours after I hire somebody else and my business is growing more and my business is making more money. Then like that's that's a great problem to have. I'll probably honestly say it really answer your question. I will probably be out in the garden more
0: helping my wife. That will yeah, that would be the no answer. absolutely the benefits of how you spend the free time, you know, we can have fun brainstorming. It's kind of like that. Okay, so a million dollars drops in your lap. What do you do with your free time now? And like, you know, I'm not so much talking about that as like what's your yeah. business responsibility, right? And so in everything yeah. you just listed, I would challenge, could eventually be passed off to someone else as well. Right. So right. I think you become this is just having watched a lot of guys go through this, ladies too. And I say guys, I'm talking generically, of course. But you get to the point where your business is kind of hitting it's, hitting its goals. It's kind of running on its own. You brought good people in. There's always going to be people challenges to solve. Mm-hmm. Someone gets sick, someone quits, whatever. So, you know, now you got to put put in a manager. Do you continue to manage it yourself? Probably manage it yeah. yourself at this level. So the people challenges. But the trajectory, the direction of your business The big decisions, we're going to stop focusing on this. We're going to start focusing on that based on numbers Decision. You'll probably be involved in that. And the other piece is the relational pursuits. And again, this is Hebrew biblical knowledge, but you'll always be seeking out new partnerships and relationships with people. Like you, you mentioned Kang a little earlier and some of the other people in our community, maybe you form a mastermind, maybe you become a coach or you know, you begin creating content or doing classes, you begin using your mouth more to lead, Mm -hmm. build relationships and lead. That's always the next level for your business, relationships and lead. And it fits very beautifully when you think about it into, you know, our culture has this concept of retirement, which we reject. I think it's pretty easy concept to reject. Not that we're always, not that we do physical work until we drop dead someday, but we're always figuring out ways to serve others. We begin using our mind more than our our muscles as we age. So as you start to transition into that mentoring, you know, teaching, Mm -hmm. consulting, helping others achieve what you've achieved, those kind of things. And those are all very relational pursuits, right? So just to drop some of those thoughts randomly on you, man, I think that's where you'll probably end up heading, Uh, you know, as you also, of course, enjoy the flexibility and freedom of, you know, having those beautiful kids and spending time with your wife and but well done, man. You've built something truly special. And I think this is going to encourage a lot of folks. And hopefully, my added on thoughts you know, enhance, not detract from just the, the beauty of your story. So I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you today, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me just share. Of course. It was my pleasure. I've, I learned and was challenged by you, and I'm sure the listeners were as well. So I'm going to talk to the listeners for a second. Thanks for joining us today. You gave Grant and I, my new friend Grant, some of your most valuable assets. Your time. And for that, we are very appreciative. Even if you're watching this interview recorded years after the fact, there are some good golden nuggets in here today. I hope you feel challenged by them and inspired. And I know it's Grant's heart, and it certainly is mine and the team as well around here that puts these podcast episodes together that we want you to be blessed. We want you to be in the center of what God has for you. We want you to be prospering, expanding, growing, being encouraged by what we bring to you. So, That's our prayer for you today. So God bless you, Business Building Warrior. Thanks for hanging out with my buddy Grant and I today. Again, Grant, you did an awesome job, my friend. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. I appreciate you. And for the listeners, we'll have another great episode again for you very soon. We'll talk to you then. Hey, thanks for listening today. One last thing before we wrap up, a quick reminder. Now that this episode is over, get over to theprovenconference.com and get your tickets for the event coming up August 12th through 14th, 2022. Your fellow listeners to this show are going to be there. Successful students that you've heard interviewed on this podcast, they're going to be there. Over 60 coaches from our team, they're going to be there. This is an incredible event. You cannot afford to miss it. It's an incredible investment in the future success of not just your business, but those vital relationships that you need. We talk about all the time. This will propel your life and your business forward. You're going to benefit tremendously from this. Do not miss this opportunity. We've done it multiple times in the past. Over 98% of all attendees say, yes, I'm coming back. The event gets bigger and better every single time. TheProvenConference.com. There's a link in the show notes. We want you to be there. Do not miss this. We'll see you there. Talk to you next time.